we took the actual genetic sequences that were reportedly novel and reviewed those against the patent records that were available um, as of the spring of 2020. And what we found, as you'll see in this report, are over 120 patented pieces of evidence to suggest that the declaration of a novel coronavirus was actually entirely a fallacy. There was no novel coronavirus. The statement that was made by Peter Daszak in 2015, reported in the National Academies of Press publication, February 12, 2016, and I'm quoting, we need to increase public understanding of the need for medical countermeasures such as a pan-coronavirus vaccine. A key driver is the media and the economics will follow the hype. We need to use that hype to our advantage to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profit at the end of the process, end quote. Hi there. Welcome to the Kate Daly Show and uh, happy to have you on a Friday because this interview, this very special Dr. David Martin interview, really excited about this. And uh, boy, some some damning statements. And he's right. So, my gosh, let's get on with this interview, shall we? Dr. David Martin is one of my favorites um, on the scene the last 20 months in really speaking to the issues at hand and knowing his stuff. Dr. David Martin has been one of the most outspoken, most respected voices on this, and I'm really excited to have him. In fact, you are the founding CEO of MCAM, and this is the international leader, the big one uh, in intellectual property as far as financial risk assessment. And and understanding the patent system. And so, if you would, Dr. Martin, would you describe what you do? Because I think you're going to do a much better job at this than my than myself. Yeah, well, so, so the one thing that the framers of the Constitution decided to give everybody as a right, and it is the only property right that was granted by the Constitution, which is the property right to our ideas, to our creativity, to our inventions, to the things that make humanity contribute to the world. And as a constitutional right, Article One, Section 8 of the Constitution, it is the only right that we, the people, have been denied for the 230 years that we've been walking around pretending to be Americans. And so in 1998, I built the... Oh, sorry. Oh, in making sorry about that. that. Every single person has access financial as well as banking and securities rights around intellectual property. And, um, and the great news is um, we, we were the first, we are the only, and in 168 countries, we are now the incumbent lead. Wow. How does that relate then to becoming the outspoken uh, person that you are on COVID-19 and the vaccination and Moderna, all of it? Yeah, so in 1999... Uh, we started watching biological and chemical weapons le legal violations, including Ralph Barrick's weaponization of coronavirus in 1999, funded by Anthony Fauci, where he was asked by Anthony Fauci to create a, and I am quoting from his document, a 
infectious replication defective coronavirus using recombinant and chimeric gene technology so that he could make a version of coronavirus that would infect human lung and human vascular and cardiovascular system cells. So this was actually a premeditated act of biological terrorism funded by NIID, started in 1999, and I have been briefing intelligence and law enforcement and international agencies on this thing since 2002. Wow. So when you talk about 20 months at this thing, you can imagine what it's like <laughs> to be the locust eating prophet since 2002, trying to get people to care about this. Oh my gosh. Um, it, it is a, it's a lonely place to be, but, but because I have all the data, and I have been collecting all the data since uh, the 2002 patent by the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, which was the first to patent a weaponized version of coronavirus. Since then, we've monitored the over 4,000 patents that have been taken out on SARS coronavirus. Jeez. Let's talk about Tony Fauci for a moment. Tell me about his background, how many patents he owns. <clears throat> well, Tony Fauci is, is what Al Capone was to the mob. So true. He is a mass murdering psychopath. He is a person who in 1984 was appointed to his role so that he could get the pharmaceutical industry its 1986 act, which gave them the ability to kill people through vaccination with impunity. He was hired for that job and then set about creating the most vaccine addicted government in modern history. The fact of the matter is he has one worldview, and that is that everything can be solved through a vaccine. And, and just to give you a sense of this, Kate, as, as incredulous as you're going to find this, Anthony Fauci and Moderna even have a vaccine on opioid addiction. Wow. And the reason why that's important <laughs> is because most of your listeners don't know this, but when we re-upped just in July, when we re-upped the emergency declaration on COVID, did you know that we also re-upped the emergency declaration, the state of emergency on the opioid addiction problem so that companies can exploit people who are addicted to opioids by using experimental vaccine technology to destroy their lives even further? And that's all Anthony Fauci is doing. Anthony Fauci has one plan and only one plan. And that is he wanted to create the HIV vaccine. The argument he made for using coronavirus was because he thought coronavirus would be the perfect vector for the vaccine. So that's why in 1999, he hired Ralph Barrick to weaponize it. And then he has been petitioning, and by the way, quite successfully petitioning Congress for the last five years on a universal influenza vaccine for infants. Ugh. He wants to make the universal influenza vaccine a mandatory injection at birth, and he wants to do that and has had congressional appropriations, line items in the federal budget to do that for the last six years. I just got physically ill. That, yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what this has turned into. Um, Wow. He owns upwards of 2,000 patents, 3,000 patents, and he controls well, every mechanism he, of it. He has march in rights to several hundred, which most people don't understand exactly how the Bayh-Dole Act worked in 1980 when the federal government passed a law, which is a horrible law, mm -hmm. which incentivized 
federal fund recipients to file patents, which actually gave the United States government and the, the researcher commercial rights to the innovations funded by the public research dollar. That's unethical. It's, it should be illegal, but it isn't, unfortunately. And it has essentially created the entire academic medical research community across universities around the country and around the world. It has turned them into the essentially bench laboratory for the pharmaceutical industry. And so what it is, is an unholy alliance which takes public taxpayer dollars, in the case of Anthony Fauci, $191 billion that he has had directly flow through his programs, wow. $191 billion going to find ways to harm and maim and kill Americans, all in the name of his obsession with vaccine science. All in the name of health and safety. Can you even imagine? Wow. Does anything shock you anymore? <laughs> You know, what what surprises me is the absence of any public conversation about how brazen the crime is. Yeah. In 2015, Peter Daszak, who was the uh, individual we all know as the money launderer in chief between the Eco Health Alliance in New York and the Wuhan Institute of Virology in, in China, in 2015, Peter Daszak made the following quote, and I am actually quoting him. This is not Dave Martin's spin. Mm -hmm. He said, we need to increase the public understanding of the need for medical countermeasures, such as a pan-coronavirus vaccine. We need the media to create the hype, and we need to use that hype to our advantage. We need to do this so that investors follow if they see profit at the end of the process. That is a quote from 2015, published in February of 2016 by the National Academy of Sciences. And you know, Kate, not a single person in the media has ever reproduced that quote so that the public sees that this thing was premeditated and it was a racketeering engagement from 2015 in evidence forward, and not a single media outlet will talk about what is in fact a publication by the National Academy of Sciences, which admits to the fact that this was a premeditated crime. I am not shocked. I am not shocked. I think they could have just come out and said, we're going to kill you all, and nobody would have batted an eye, and no media would have picked it up. They're only told what to yeah, say I, through I'm scripts. I'm afraid you're right. I'm afraid you're right. Oh, it's, uh, and there's so much there, you know, I, I was even looking at the CDC documents on how they count the fully vaccinated. It was after 14 days and it was after the final shot and anyone else doesn't get counted in the number. Everything is so manipulated. I can't imagine with all of the research that you do, um, which I, I would bet just trumps what I'm, I've, I've done. I, I can't even imagine, um, the amount of manipulation that you witness daily. Wow. Yeah. And the sad thing is, you know, the, the excuse I get from law enforcement, the excuse I get from U.S. attorneys and attorneys general, the excuse that is recited time and time again is that they don't have expertise in antitrust laws. They don't have expertise in domestic terrorism. They don't have expertise in white collar crime. <laughs> and so it, essentially what happens is that we have seven clearly defined felonies that involve life in prison and hundreds of millions of dollars of fines. 
which are not subjective. They are actually mm. published evidence of the crimes and not a single law enforcement agent anywhere in this country is willing to even set up a grand jury or an investigation or anything else. This is actually a situation, and that's why I use the analogy to Al Capone. I mean, this is Chicago in the 1920s. It's yeah. just, you know, sure. Anthony Fauci's Brooklyn in the 2020s. Jeez, uh, what a racket. Well, they are experts when they're going after average citizens, right? Just not when they're going after We'll be right back more with Dr. David Martin when we come back. You're going to love this. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Hi there. Welcome back to the Kate Daly Show. And Dr. David Martin is my guest. Happy to have him. Make sure and go to MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com, and make sure and put in the code Kate. You are going to love these products. I know you're going to love them. I would order now for Christmas. Things are getting really, um, really slow out there in the delivery world. Make sure you go to MyPillow.com and put the code Kate. I would really, really appreciate that. Put in the code Kate and get 66% off right now. It's an unprecedented deal. Take advantage of it. And... Let's go back to our interview with Dr. David Martin. Uh, what a racket. Well, they are experts when they're going after average citizens, right? Just not when they're going after their own, pretty much. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, the Federal Trade Commission doesn't have any problem shutting down, you know, osteopaths or chiropractors or naturopaths for their, their remedies or their cures. But they don't have any attention whatsoever to the fact that, for example, the only double blind study for face mask wearing ever done by C.R. McIntyre back in the mid 2000s showed that in a three year longitudinal study that face mask wearing increased influenza linked illness in the people wearing face masks. So the only evidence that has ever been published to the Federal Trade Commission standards is that face masks harm you. But C.R. McIntyre was bribed by the NIH and by the World Health Organization to do a literature review of face mask wearing and specifically paid to write her own study out of the time period under consideration where she was able then to equivocate that face masks may or may not work. She was bribed wow. to lie in public by the people selling the story and not a single Federal Trade Commission Act, not a single state AG, not anybody in any law enforcement has actually said, well, hold on a minute. The recommendation to wear a face mask is against medical advice per the Federal Trade Commission Deceptive Medical Practices Act rules. And not a single person, not one, I has made that argument in any proceeding anywhere in this country. Sometimes there are no words. Um, have you received blowback from speaking out? Oh, God, yeah. Um, <laughs> I bet. You know, most, most recently, I, I had the uh, good fortune of finding out that I pissed off Trudeau and his cronies in Canada for pointing out that his self-dealing interests 
which are the licensing of the lipid nanoparticle that makes all the vaccines in the mRNA class work, which are derived from British Columbia research on lipid nanoparticles. So essentially Trudeau is getting a kickback for every shot that's used anywhere around the world. Apparently pointing that out led the Trudeau government to decide that I was a quote threat to national security and my funds were put on a watch list because I was um, apparently anti-American or anti-whatever. Yeah, um, <laughs> a threat uh, to because, his wallet. <laughs> you know, obviously pointing out the fact that a prime minister is getting a kickback and that yeah. he is, in fact, a participant in a giant racketeering case, which involves antitrust laws, domestic terrorism laws, and a whole host of bioweapons laws. The fact that I'm making that observation apparently makes me anti-American. Yeah, don't you make that observation. How dare you? Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> give me a break. Don't describe the thing that you're yeah, seeing right in yeah, front of your face. It's, it's mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, what are the what are some of the biggest smoking guns in this whole last 20 months that if you had an audience and could give them a few minutes, the things that you would point them to? Well, I think we have to look at the fact that in 2016, everything that we are now calling COVID-19 was known and fully documented. And by the spring of 2019, Moderna was amending its patent applications to anticipate the accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen. Now, in November of the same year, mm -hmm. so this is a month before allegedly a, a, a bat and a pangolin walked into a wet market bar in China and got drunk. <laughs> um, a, a month earlier, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and the uh, the Moderna and the Vaccine Research Center at NIAID shared information on developing an mRNA vaccine a month before there was any pathogen. And Ralph Barrick's own laboratory has confirmed that in writing, and I have a copy of that. Wow. Wow. And uh, I don't even think the manufacturing of it, like uh, Sarah Gilbert talked about in January, the manufacturing of this before they even named it so they could have enough doses ready, even, I think, is even a question mark. Nobody questions anything. Has that surprised you? Nobody questions any of this. No, I mean, listen, we, <clears throat> we've been encouraged by our very short attention spans, our Twitter feed, 140 character yeah you know, soundbite reality, to think that it's an affront to have to use an analytical capacity of your brain. Uh, <clears throat> as you can tell from this conversation, I speak in paragraphs and pages. I don't speak in Twitter feeds. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> but, but I think what we've done is we've, habitua <clears throat> we've habituated a expectation that essentially says, that people are either too distracted or too dumb or both to care about themselves or their own life or livelihood. And I think that what we have is a world in which we have so filled everything with contempt hmm. for the intellect of humans and for the social value of familial and, and collegial interactions where we can have conversations, we can have agreements and we have disagreements where we've reduced things to the point where now it's simpler to just say yes, no, like, dislike, you know, pro, yeah. anti, 
Democrat, Republican, we can throw out these digital designations. Right. And in an instant, what we've done is we've robbed ourselves of the nuance that makes humanity interesting. Well, amen to that. Amen to that. Uh, and that's something we all have to work on. I know a lot of people are waking up. Do you sense that? Do you sense that people are finally figuring it out after 20 months of this garbage being thrown at us and multiple shots and fake reasons for multiple shots and, and the desperation, the desperation of these people with bribing and shaming and making and mandating? Do you think people are waking up? Well, that's a that's a question that involves two answers, and you're not going to appreciate the second one. The <laughs> okay. answer is that when when you are in a doctor's office and they hit your knee with a hammer, mm -hmm. if your uh, knee starts jumping, we could argue that you're waking up, that you have a reflex that at least is working. And so we could go, well, that's good. You're at least, you know, right, right. we're hitting you with right. a hammer. You're at least jumping. Right. But the problem with a reflex is it's not an intellectual process. It's a it's a rote process at the spinal cord. It's a very fundamental, evolutionary, non-thinking process. And I think the bigger problem that we have is we have a public that even if it finds out that COVID and, and coronavirus and all of this stuff was a racketeering charade, unfortunately, when and if it passes, they'll actually think we revert back to some sort of normal without recognizing that this is a symptom of a much deeper problem. And the deeper problem is a fundamental failure of our social and political and, and ecological and every other system. We have actually failed across the board. And I think people think that this is a you know, an epidemic, pandemic, vax issue or whatever else. And the fact of the matter is we we have pretended that somehow or another, you know, it's it is the end of the world because allegedly something is warming in the climate. We, mm -hmm. we pretended that, you know, somehow or another, it's OK for California to divert water away from farmers so that we can actually have unlimited lawns in in the middle of deserts like We've pretended like there is a thing that justifies a dysfunctional government patronizing those who are its benefactors and harming the rest of civilization. And we're not having those conversations. We're talking about masks. We're talking about vaccinations. And, and so while I am certainly delighted to see that the resistance to the compulsory interventions are actually holding, and I, mm -hmm. I'm grateful for that. Sure. What I have to say is that um, I don't think people are waking up to the depth of the corruption. I don't think they're waking up to the right. degree to which the office of the president has been reduced to a charade. I don't think they're waking up to the fact that there is not a single justice in this country that's not been on the take. Like, I think there are structural things that are a little too far out there for people to wrap their head around. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people want to wake up to that reality. You're right, because uh, even in the chanting at the NFL games, it's uh, F. Biden instead of really who's who's controlling the, the strings. You know, they that's exactly right. Yeah, that is yeah. exactly right. Yeah, they roll him I mean, out. Biden, Biden is not certainly ever justified for being the bumbling buffoon that he is. But yeah, he is actually not the problem. Right. The problem is a system that has such contempt for the public that they have actually desecrated the office of the president by putting him in there. Yeah, everything you just said. Uh, wow. Um, 
Talk to me about the companies that are doing this vaccine. Is there any difference between them? And uh, and do they all have the exact same, um, let's say, software operating system that tells uh, talks about in the Moderna soft in the Moderna software? Well, that's true though. Uh, in the Moderna shot. So, are all the companies the same? So, when it comes to the level of corruption, Moderna probably takes the lead as the most evil in this entire story, and I'll tell you why I'm saying yeah. that. Moderna has 141 patents as of the start of this particular pandemic, all of them funded by federal taxpayer dollars and not a single one of them comporting to the federal law that says that they have to disclose government interest. So Mm -hmm. they've been running a cover op for 10 years. Now, when they started in 2010, most of your listeners probably do not know that Moderna was the outgrowth of a more insidious National Science Foundation grant, which was called the Darwinian Chemical Systems Grant. Hmm. The Darwinian Chemical Systems Grant, from which Moderna was born, Mm -hmm. was a grant to look at how you could take RNA and inject it into cells to reignite evolution in, and I'm quoting, a post-extinction event where their objective was to figure out if you could find a way to get RNA to essentially recreate life after we have killed off life. Now, let that sit in your head for 10 minutes. You know, they were doing this for 10 years. And for 10 years, our federal government was funding a post-extinction life recreation program and Moderna was born from that project. So if you wanna know why I think they're evil, I'm not going out on a limb. I'm actually right. quite clearly stating exactly the, the the roots of the trunk of the tree I'm talking about. Their this mission. is a pure evil impulse. They never produced a drug, correct? They never produced a drug. And worse than that, everything they did produce was in fact aligned to extinction. Every trial that they did killed the things that they injected. And the reason why they spent a decade with not a single approved clinical product was because every product they produced killed the things that they injected it into. We'll be right back more with David Martin when we come back. And uh, fascinating, isn't it? Isn't he fantastic? Uh, We'll be right back. He knows his stuff. I'll tell you that much. What a fantastic guest. Don't go anywhere. Kate Daly Show. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Hi there. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show here. And, of course, get over to balanceofnature.com. Make sure that you are ordering. I'm serious. You will love this product. And I would not be on my show talking about it if I didn't absolutely love it and believe in it. 
make sure you're getting the product to to make sure that your health is okay. I care about you. I care about your health. And I want you to have the best product available. That's Balance of Nature, hands down. Balance of Nature is affordable. You can use the code Kate and you can get it right now. So what are you waiting for? <laughs> Go get it and uh, and you'll love it. About a week and a half, you'll start to feel a huge difference. Um, but use the code Kate and that'll get you 35% off in free shipping. My guest is Dr. David Martin. And let's go right back to the interview. So the giant shock is, and I found this out, by the way, Kate, from a very bizarre moment of lucidity, where a woman who's the associate vice provost of one of the largest medical research institutions in the United States on the West Coast called me and told me the following. When the clinical studies were starting back in March and April, the head of the vivarium, which is the animal research lab, mm -hmm. came to her excited about how much money they were going to get for their animal studies. Time passed, and all of a sudden, she, as vice provost and head of the Institutional Review Board, received a protocol, which she expected to be a protocol for the first animal studies. It wasn't a protocol for animal studies. It was a protocol for human studies. And she asked, where is the safety data from the animal studies? And she was told this project is going to be approved as a into humans first protocol. Wow. Wow. Now, this is a person whose life and career is nothing but approval of massive hundreds of millions right. of dollars of medical research. And the first time in her entire life experience, she actually had a first in humans lethal shot approval with no safety data. Wow. Will they be going to one shot as a delivery system? And do you feel like it's a drip system um, where multiple shots are needed in order to do what they need to do with this or what they want to do with this? Well, as I've said many times, this is not about vaccines. This is ultimately about CRISPR. Mm -hmm. the, the, the vaccine is about getting you so sick and dependent on multiple shots and multiple boosters that you ultimately need gen gene editing technology to edit out the damage that's being done. The people who had the most to gain from this, including the Nobel Prize that was awarded in the fall of 2020 to the two women who invented CRISPR, that technology is what was really being advanced by this entire initiative. And the people who had the most money invested in the COVID scheme are the ones that own the majority of CRISPR technology. The fact of the matter is, this is about gene editing, and it's about getting people to accept gene editing out of necessity, because you and I both know mm. that in this country, we would have never tolerated it. It sounds like eugenics. Yeah. It sounds like stuff that we associate with the Third Reich. It sounds like horrible, horrible ideas. But now we will have everybody's grandmother and grandfather or mom and dad or everybody's kid begging to have their genome edited because of this side effects of the RNA technology that we're injecting in and calling it a vaccine. This was about getting the public to embrace CRISPR, not about getting a habitual vaccine problem. Great information. Um, I'm grateful that you spelled that out. When you're talking about the end game, 
if they had their way and they put it out in so many different lovely plans, uh, like the Rockefeller plan of 2010, so many different things um, with lockstep. But what does it look like five years from now? What do they envision and get all excited about? Um, how a many third people of the died? population gone? Jeez. As I said, as I said in uh, Indoctrination, the film I did with Mickey Willis, mm-hmm. I made the observation that many of these individuals, and by the way, in Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, at the Red Pill Expo, I'm actually going to put the names and faces and affiliations of the they on a screen so everybody gets to see the names and faces of who the they is. Excellent. Um, but but what what... What they are very enthusiastic about is making this world a playground for the elite and getting rid of what they consider to be undesirable populations. The baggage. This is no different from what we did with people with mental illness in the turn mm-hmm. of the last century. This is no different from what we did with people who had aberrations, whether it was emotional or psychological or sexual or any of the aberrations that we talk about back in you know, the late 1800s and early 1900s, when we approved the eugenics program in the United States in 1914, that program, which made it legal to euthanize and to sterilize and to get rid of undesirables, is a program that is exceptionally alive and well. Cold Spring Harbor Labs, the lab that you don't hear anything about in this entire campaign, has maintained the eugenics program since 1914. It is one of the most funded federal labs. It is the lab from which, not surprisingly, Watson and Crick allegedly invented DNA. It's where all this technology has been born. And the fact of the matter is, there is still a very significant number of individuals in that community who actually think the world's population needs to be reduced by at least a third, and in five years, Not only is it in their interest to do that, but it's in their financial interest to do that because in five or six years, when Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid become illiquid with Mm -hmm. the trust of those funds all being exploited and depleted, when that illiquidity happens, the fewer people who are there to be beneficiaries of those entitlement programs, the better. So kill them off. There's 86 million people dependent on that today. There will be 122 million dependent on it by 2026. And the fewer of those people who are around, the better. Jeez. When they started the uh, vaccine programs, I, I really looked at the data with polio. And it was 0.5% that were actually having you know, the paralysis and 0.5% the death. And the rest of everybody, um, it was a little bit like it is today where 70% were just fine and maybe 25% had um, just you know, sore throat and a fever uh, for a while. Yep. So this program was hatched back with FDR, back to be able to be the, the 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 vehicle that would come in and be a detriment really to our immune system throughout the years, right? And just keep Correct. implementing more and more vaccines. Well, and we have to remember, I mean, this playbook, and I'm glad that you brought FDR into this conversation because this playbook is 1929. I mean, many of us yeah. make the mistake of thinking that 1929 was the Great Depression. And the tragedy is the Great Depression affected very, very few people. What really harmed people was the six years of, quote, climate change research called the Dust Bowl, which is how family farms across America got crushed out of existence by a bunch of banking elites who made up a story about the hardship of environmental climate change. And then on top of that, 
we had allegedly the invention of penicillin, which gave us a need to create, are you ready for this? A pandemic. This one was syphilis. And we created the syphilis pandemic so that we could get everybody addicted to the abuse of penicillin. You know, the funny thing is they didn't even change the playbook. Right. It was a pandemic. It was climate change and it was a banking crisis. Does that sound at all familiar at all? (laughs) Just a little bit. I mean, you you sit there and and it's, you know, it's on the edge of incredulous that the playbook hasn't changed, but we pretend like this is a new event. No, you're right. And nobody ever asks, well, why did polio spike? What's the cause and effect? And in your job and what you do, it's always about cause and effect. What is causing this? And then what causes the risk, right? Well, it's it's exactly right. And, and, you know, we, we, we sit here pretending on the one hand to somehow be so you know, leaning left that we're falling over. Um, but, but I mean, does anybody remember the Tuskegee experiment? Like mm-hmm. we actually passed the pathogen to people, not tried to fix people. Right. Like, and that experiment wasn't over at the end of World War II when there was a film made about red tails. I mean, that that's, you know, mm-hmm. a lovely way to whitewash history, but here's the reality. The reality is that study kept going into the 80s And the fact of the matter is we have been manipulating in the name of public health the domestic terrorism to keep populations under control and harmed for a good hundred and now 20 years. And unfortunately, we're just in our generation's version of exactly the same playbook. Gee, so we had penicillin and DDT, then all of a sudden we see a, a spike in polio that really isn't affecting a huge portion of the uh, population. And nope. then we see cancer go through the roof. War on cancer, yep. Nixon, right? Wow. Well, in the war on cancer, I mean, how beautiful is that? We, yeah. we actually make sure everybody gets it and then have a war on it. Kind of like Nancy Reagan saying, just say no, and Ronald Reagan doing the Iran-Contra deal. Like, I mean, you, right. you sit there and you kind of go, <laughs> if if you were making this up as a... Tom Clancy novel. Right, right. People would go, nah, that's too crazy. Nobody would believe that. And that was, in fact, so crazy that it was real. Now, the one twist on this is that when I was in the hospital with my husband, I kept thinking of the fact that Corona was a label. They were able to sufficiently put a label on cold and flu and pneumonia because it couldn't be all things and sell everybody on the fact that this was a mystery killer contagion, even though all the loved ones are going into the hospital with their loved ones, not affected at all, like myself. But they were certain it was a killer contagion with a hazmat suit that they needed to wear. And And so this one is different because this one is a label. They didn't even have to come up with honestly anything they write yeah so in february when the world health organization officially invented the name SARS-CoV-2 and they invented COVID-19 if you go back and look at the the language around it they were excited to say we have the brand um this was a branded campaign um not surprisingly it needed to be a branded campaign because the whole thing was made up in the first place this is the first time in the history of disease in any part of any part of the human condition, this is the first time that a disease cannot be, and listen to what I'm saying, it cannot be diagnosed by virtue of a lab test. Remember that every other disease allegedly was associated with pathogen of some kind, but specifically when the World Health Organization invented COVID-19, they explicitly said that COVID-19 did not require a SARS-CoV test 
And a SARS-CoV test does not mean that you actually have the disease, but within the matter of days, a positive test was counted as a disease, but a negative test was suspected to be an asymptomatic carrier. This is the first time that we have ever created the nonsensical illusion that a perfectly healthy population is itself a vector of a pathogen. And, and the craziest thing is the follow the science lunatics have not once even examined the science. The science had nothing to do at all with what this was, which was a branded domestic terrorism campaign as an extension of criminal racketeering from an organized crime syndicate run by Anthony Fauci. Jeez. You know, on my on my husband's paperwork, you know, they were they were very certain it was COVID pneumonia the entire time we were in there. And um, on the paperwork for the diagnosis, it says uh, it says on the description that it was pneumonia likely. And in the notes, it said possible COVID and everything is possible COVID or a result of the COVID you know, as a, you know, there's always a step away. There's always some, some distance between ever right. naming it. They can't do that legally, can they? I mean, they can't legally. No, and, and say unfortunately, uh, in, in diagnostic terms, and this is where all, mm -hmm. of, all of the medical professionals have abandoned their, their oath of any level of integrity, the fact of the matter is we do not have a differential diagnosis that still to this day can be anything other than subjectively determined. I don't know if you saw, but just in the last few days, we had an unfortunate situation in Virginia where a five, uh, a fifth grader, I believe it is, uh, went from perfectly healthy to dead in five days. The official report on CNN um, and the official report in, report in all the mainstream media has been this girl died of COVID, but missing from her case was any positive PCR test. In fact, she tested negative. Missing from the diagnosis was any radiographic evidence of anything, pneumonia or otherwise. But this is a, quote, COVID case to justify Terry McAuliffe's mandate to get children vaccinated. This is, this is how egregious the marketing campaign is. We have now these bereaved parents, both of them obese and masked and vaccinated, sitting there talking about their late daughter telling the world that their daughter's death means everybody needs to be vaccinated. And in the same article, it says there was no positive PCR and there was no radiographic evidence of coronavirus-induced infection in the lung. We'll be right back. And stay with us over the break. More with Dr. David Martin. What a treat it's been to have him on the show. And uh, more with him when we get back. So many questions answered, financial questions, where he sees the market going, because he's the risk guy, the financial risk guy, uh, biggest firm in the world. You're going to want to hear this. Be right back on The Kate Daly Show.